I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another mini-tale where we strive to keep it under 45 minutes. And today we are talking about 1994's, I believe it's called Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book, or maybe just the also known as The Jungle Book. Kind of the forgotten live-action, not even a remake, because it's so different from it's the story. Different. Yeah, it takes, it, it follows somewhat of the same... It like, Story of a boy in the growing up in the jungle, yeah. but then it has some sidetracks reminiscent of Tarzan and, and other stories and like that. We're not sure if you guys can hear this, but there might be a certain jungle animal making noises in the background as our dog it's lady a mysterious is, pit bull. As our dog is <laughs> asleep in the background and sometimes snores. So uh so but, this was this came out uh Christmas Day, uh oh. nineteen ninety four. And it was the f- it was kind of considered the first live action remake, even though like we said it's so different. Um, it's not available right now on Disney Plus. That's how kind of forgotten it is. We found it on HBO uh, Max. If uh, depending on when you're listening to us, there's a great Google Just Watch, and there's a great site you can go on, and it'll tell you where things are streaming. But and if they're free or if they cost money, cost money. Yeah. So let's start with Tara. You didn't feel like I think as we watched it, you realized you might have seen this, and I'm thinking maybe you saw the trailer because I no, feel like I think I've you seen saw the whole it. thing okay. because th- throughout the movie there were certain scenes that I'm like that's more than the trailer, right? Yeah, than me just remembering like little clips. I think I did see it at some point. I didn't have strong memories of it until I started watching it, but I think I have seen it. Before. So the the general idea here is it starts off with you kind of get a backstory of why Mog- how Mowgli got lost in the jungle. Well, and also the uh, let's just talk about the slowest zoom in history with the opening credits. Oh, the opening zooming credits is into like into the map of India. But it's it's not zooming in on a certain point. It's like I imagine someone came up with that scene and then went, "Oh, these credits are way longer than we thought they yeah, were." Yeah, and be. we need the time or we need a visual like for the amount of credits. But yeah, uh, I just wanted to mention that. But as Ryan said, um, we find out that Mowgli, as a boy, befriends a girl named Kitty. They've both lost their mothers as children, and they're both on this expedition. Well, I just want to quickly do the plot, and then we'll go back and hit our famous, favorite parts. So yeah. he, he pretty much gets lost. The idea is it goes a few years later, and he finds some treasure and and finds Kitty again when he's grown up. And his whole thing is reintegrating into the, the, the world of man. And Kitty is marrying uh, Carrie Elwes, Elways? Elwes? Uh, from Princess Bride. And he's the worst bad guy of all time. He's a great bad guy. And so he uses the fact that Mowgli loves Kitty to get Mowgli to lead him to King Louis' gold and through the jungle. That's pretty much the overarching idea. Like... It's, yeah. it's much different from the from the story we know from, I think, the book and from the 1967 movie. Yeah, and I think that there are similarities, and then there are obviously great differences yes. as well. Now, I want to say one thing before we kind of get started going on this thing. Um, we t- You and I talked about this where I said you're going to be kind of, after you've seen this, you're going to get 
um, some similarities between this director's other movies. It's written and directed by Stephen Summers, who wrote and directed The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Have you seen The Mummy? No. Oh, listeners, we'll be right back. We're going to stop and watch The Mummy. (laughs) I love. <laughs> I've never seen it, but it makes sense that it's that. I know the the premise of the mummy, so it makes sense. It's the same it, director. You would love it because it's very like. I also love Brandon Fraser. It's kind of in between the movie we just saw and Indiana Jones, mm. and it's very funny and it's very action packed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so I I I we haven't really in in the past mini tales gone and done like beat by beat well and i didn't do beat by oh, okay. beat. i just wrote some specific things that i think mirrored the story or were different than the story and i wrote a lot about the beginning because it was so different yeah from the beginning of the story and so that's what i wanted to write about being on this expedition is it's imperialism yes it's, it's, it's england it's, it's it's british controlled india yeah and it's interesting because there's a lot of stuff in here whereas we talked a little bit about this with marjorie on that one where rudyard kipling has been criticized because the story of the jungle book is so pro-imperialism pro-british imperialism and this movie seemed to be very not necessarily anti because there were a lot of but very much like it should be separate they shouldn't be adopting the culture of those that they're invading yeah. and they should stay out of the jungle. Like it very much was drawing that. Line. It was more of a naturalist, but not even that when there's a scene where Mowgli is trying to escape the soldiers and they're firing at him and he's running through like the Indian marketplace. And every t- chance they get, you see just a regular Indian. There's a one guy carrying the plate of like little round fruit and he looks at Mowgli and he looks at the, the, the um, soldiers are chasing him. And for, like, no reason whatsoever, just throws all the fruit. Like, not for no reason. goes, oh, this guy must be on my side because (laughs) the British. And he just throws them all down and trips them up. Well, and it's evident that the British, I don't want to say beat on them, but, like, push them around and are bullies to them. Like, they push the one guy into the wall during this chase scene. And I think it's evident that if you have uh, brown skin... You are not liked by the British, essentially. Well, like, I don't know how else to, like, say that. Yeah. But that they make that very clear in this movie. Yes. Um, I want to point out one thing before we go on. Jason Scott Lee, who plays Mowgli, not brown-skinned, uh, a person of Chinese and Hawaiian descent playing mm-hmm. Mowgli. Which, I thought he did a fantastic job, but... He was a great character, yeah. and, I mean, kudos to them f- to hiring a minority actor. It just felt a little out of place because it wasn't the correct minority. Yeah. But he was great. Um, yeah, he was fantastic, and his love interest, Kitty... Uh, played uh, by Lena Headey, or is it Headey or Headley? From, I think it's Headley, but from Game I of could Thrones. be wrong, but yes, from Game of Thrones. Cersei from yeah. Game of Thrones. She's much sweeter in this. Oh, she's also like twenty one. She's, she's also I love how independent they wrote her character. I think yes. for the early nineties, as well as the time period it was set in, um, her character is so fiercely independent and she's so curious of the jungle, and that's where it gets a Tarzan feel. She has a very Jane feel to her of yes. like wanting to explore the jungle and um she's weary and nervous of the animals mm-hmm. but then you know as she meets Mowgli and realizes that it is Mowgli from when she was younger uh the other thing is is he doesn't talk so he was learning to speak and talking before 
he gets lost. And essentially what happens is Shere Khan, what I found interesting is we're introduced to Shere Khan like in the first two or three minutes of the film. Yes. So we're introduced to him. You hear him. They've set up camp in this expedition and you hear Shere Khan and all of the locals who are part of this expedition are like, oh, that's Shere Khan. And there's whispers and there's like, we got to get out of here. Like he hunts us. And he attacks the camp. He attacks some of um, the people at the camp. And what happens is, is Mowgli is on this cart that gets set on fire and the horses go crazy. And so they go <laughs> off into the jungle. They go off into the jungle with a very bad Dummy, mannequin yeah. of Mowgli. <laughs> and so that's how Mowgli gets lost in the, in the forest. He has mm. a wolf cub with him. So that's the, the throwback to the wolf cubs. He has one with him who's kind of like his pet. And they don't really ever explain like, I think where he got that wolf. Co- no, that wolf pet. no, they don't explain where he got the wolf pet, but I think that it's a connection to when he gets lost in the jungle and Bagheera kind of finds him and guides him to the wolf pack. The wolf pack, I think, I think associate with him yes. more than they would normally because he has the wolf cub who trusts him. And I also think maybe that's a key into the audience that like, it's not just like all of a sudden the, the, the animals are like, whatever it's like, this kid has a, maybe before he becomes Mowgli, He's still got like a connection to animals. Like he's well, very and they kind do to that. animals. They do that. I wrote that here that Mowgli is able to calm the animals because he calms the elephant. Remember when yes. the elephants are going a little stir crazy? He's he's able to calm the elephants. And so we see that like he's got this gentle touch. He's mm-hmm. kind of like an animal whisperer a little bit. Another thing I want to jump in with real quick is Shere Khan is like, I think you were about to say this is an establishing when he's a kid and when he's older. So Shere Khan like grows up with like, is this old animal and Bagheera seems like an adult and just stays an adult. Yeah. But, but Baloo is a cub. Baloo yes. is small. The wolf cub then grows up to be an actual wolf. So it is kind of cool that a lot of the animals grow with Mowgli. And I yeah. think that's a neat thing because we don't see him very long as a young boy in the in the jungle we see a couple scenes with him the wolf cub scene him with Bagheera and Baloo he helps Baloo Baloo's head is stuck in a tree stump and he helps like Baloo out of it when he's a bear cub um so that's a cool bit the other thing that I find interesting is we were talking about how like we don't see Shere Khan in the animated version till almost the end and here we see Shere Khan in the beginning and then we see them at the end but the other thing they establish early on is that um there are several uh, people on the expedition that Shere Khan is hunting specifically because they broke the jungle law. And the jungle law is killing more than you can eat. So mm-hmm. if you're killing for sport. And that comes back into play later on. Um, basically, as Ryan said, when they're going to, to Monkey City to get all the treasure, King Louis' gold, um, in this forgotten city, it's, uh, what's his name? The bad guy. Uh Carrie Elways? Yeah. I don't know what his... I don't know what his actual name is, I don't know but what the, that's why I was character looking name. for his yeah, yeah. name. Like oh, Carrie, yeah, yeah. So I can find that. I'm on IMDb. He's, um, he's basically taking Kitty... Boone. Boone. Do you remember him? I, like, no. I can remember Wilkins. I can remember yeah. Harley. I can't remember Boone. He's basically taking Kitty hostage. And yes. with the point that she will be bait, so Mowgli will come find them and then lead them to the treasure. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's where it kind of comes back into play, like who's hunting who and about the whole like more than you can eat. So that's kind of a through line about, you know, um, respecting the jungle. And Mowgli, when he becomes more of a man, when they teach him 
how to properly eat and dress and teach him to talk and language and all of these different things, you find out that Mowgli doesn't feel like he's a man and doesn't want to be a man, Mm -hmm. but he also doesn't feel like he belongs in the jungle. And he has like this, this kind of back and forth a little bit. And I like how they did that. And there are a lot of really fun scenes of him learning like, Tara it was, was legitimately so, laughing. Like there are a the lot of thing. really good bits. They they wrote it really well. I think well, all of those. It's scenes. fun, and he becomes very charming. Like even before he learns to speak, there's a part. So the way he reconnects with Kitty is he, they run into each other in the jungle, and then Blue pops up, and she's like, "Save me!" And he's like, "Okay." Like he pre- he play fights. He play with fight, Blue, but he, she doesn't she goes, know that. She goes, "You'll be killed!" And he looks at her really nervous. And he looks back at Blue and kind of like laughs, and yeah. he's just kind of wrestling with Blue. And the other thing is too, when he's a boy, he gives her this flower and then puts his lips out to. He kiss sees her. his dad doing that to somebody, and that's how he gets the idea. You give some. It becomes some, a through line. Yeah, and so he gives her this flower, and she gives him a bracelet, which we find out was her mother's who had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so that's how she eventually knows that it's Mowgli. Is he? Eventually, he follows her back to the city. Yeah, back to back to um, where she's staying, and he sneaks in, and he winds up burning himself because he doesn't really know what fire is, and that's how he finds out it's it's gonna hurt him. And she's putting like a, a lotion or, or balm or something on it to soothe it, and that's when she sees the bracelet. But that's also where we hear him purr. So during this whole movie, like purr like a, a cat. Yes, yes. He they in when Mowgli like screams or does stuff, they kind of put in animal noises, which was kind of cool. He's kind of like a superhero. He's like he's like weirdly like talks. Yeah, to and I like that when he's fighting and before he learns how to speak English. He is, like, he's using his animal language because that's all he knows. So, Mm -hmm. like, when they capture him, after they find him in her room, they capture him and put him in a cell, he makes a lot of monkey noises. Like, a lot of very vulnerable uh, noises and things like that as they're trying to get information from him. Because essentially what happens is, is he stumbles on King Louis's treasure accidentally the monkey steals his bracelet when he's asleep. And that's a similar thing where the smaller monkeys lead him to King Louis. Yeah. So that's a similar thing. And King Louis, the orangutan, was fantastic. Well, okay, before we get into that, there's a couple things I want to bring up and that, that we're gonna then we'll then we were gonna dedicate a decent amount of this okay. podcast to King Louis. Okay, because he's great. So, so first off, one thing that was interesting was this was intended to be an independent production. And then Disney came in and financed it. So it went from about 18 million budget to 30 million budget. Oh, wow. And then it made... Just so you know, this that, was a success. Is, does that account for using a lot of live animals? Yes, because this live action film required the use of over 200 trained animals. Wow. Including 50 tigers. Oh my goodness. So I don't know that there were 50, 50 shots of tigers. For just Shere Khan as yeah, that's one the only individual tiger. tiger. In there. Yeah, 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 that's crazy. Um, I just think there's so many good animals in this. Like, I love the bears that play Baloo. Like, Baloo. Like, they do a good job. This was came out the year before Babe. So like the idea of like CGI talking animals like having like real real animals get like their mouths moving hadn't really happened yet. Well, and even 101 Dalmatians they didn't make they didn't have the animals Ex- talk. Uh, yeah, but okay. So that they took that out of here, but I think they did such a good job with all the animals getting cuts to really give them a personality yes, I agree. and like a presence. And I think 100 I think they did that with 101 yes. Dalmatians. I think this almost did it better but, because you had King Louie. You had an orangutan who I think you could really see the personality of that so orangutan. So, according to this, so a couple of things. There's, uh, 
going back to Shere Khan, the, the Stephen Summers apparently started studying tigers and decided to change the script so Shere Khan wasn't like the an antagonist; it was mm. more of a force of nature because he thought tigers were so beautiful and didn't feel the need to do them. Well, but the other thing I was going to say is he wrote specifically. He goes the the, the most the best animal to work with was King Louis, uh, and okay. King Louis. They did a lot of filming on like on location. I think in India, but not exactly sure. I'll have to look that up again. But King Louis, because of like, they couldn't bring him to Af to, to India mm-hmm. because of of laws of what animals could come in and yeah, got. through customs. So he they stuff. had to do his all his stuff primarily somewhere else. And I don't. Oh, there's not a lot of like like Mowgli's not with him a lot because it's just filming him like on a soundstage. Yeah. And the director was like, I like said something where he's like, I could have filmed twice as much on him. He That's was just really the cool. most delightful part of filming was filming uh, that to orangutan. Go, to go back to Shere Khan for a minute mm-hmm. is that is something that we noticed that we really appreciated that Shere Khan is really the protector of the jungle, whereas like Shere Khan in the Disney version, is more of a threat to everyone, like animals in the jungle as well as otherwise. I think the animals are a little fearful in Shere Khan in this, but it's more of going back to breaking the jungle law. Like, man is in his jungle, and they've broken the law. And the end of the movie is Mowgli coming face-to-face with Shere Khan, not afraid, like in the Disney version, when he's not afraid when he first meets him. And Shere Khan, like having respect for yeah, that. yeah, and Shere Khan, you know, he translates to Kitty, and he says he sees me as an equal, or uh, yeah, or I so- forget what he no, says. He doesn't see me as a man. Yes, he sees he, me as a creature. Of as the a jungle. creature, that's what it is. I was yeah. trying to think of the word he uses, and so I think that that's a really cool way to have written Shere Khan's character because you're still afraid of him. Like when he comes and he attacks. People like, and when they take her hostage and there's a group of like four or five people along with um, Robin Hood men in tights. I cannot remember Carrie his name. Ellis. Um, E-L-W-E-S. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. but So yeah, so when they take her hostage, one by one they get picked off in the jungle. Mm-hmm. And essentially that's what Mowgli says, is if you can survive the jungle. So it's not Mowgli's going to kill all of them. It's, you know, there are a lot of things you need to be afraid of in the jungle. Now Mowgli does... The one guy on the cliff, although that guy was coming after him, but um, but yeah, so I found those things interesting. But let's talk about the horrific deaths of the bad guys, like near the last third yeah, of this movie. Yeah, so quicksand. Well, so near the last third of this movie, when they're trying to get to Monkey City, it's not Monkey Island. Yeah, Monkey, Monkey City. City. Um, the this is the first time we start seeing people die. And it's a pretty. I mean, there's a lot of gunplay. I mean, it's a PG PG third. Well, and he is a very um chauvinistic. Are we to Boone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boone is He's a show. Very like Harley, who's like one of his his henchmen, is pretty racist, intense as well. Yeah. Um, but they're all bad guys. But what I'm saying is, this movie isn't super like gory or violent. No, that's or, probably the worst up to this point. Up to when they start dying in the think, jungle. The only person who dies before then is Mowgli's dad, I think. Yeah, well, and when the people are attacked in the camp, there's more people by Shere Khan. There are several people who die. Are there? Okay, I just remember yeah. they kind of... Because he goes after the Sam ones Neil. who shot. He goes after the yeah. ones who... And Mowgli's dad is trying to protect people from Shere Khan. And I think and, that's what happens to uh, him. We've forgotten to mention that uh, Sam Neill is Kitty's father. This Sam Neill yes, from he's Jurassic also, Park. He's also the narrator. So yes. he's the kind of the, the through story to, <laughs> to guide the narration. Um. I forgot what my point was. Oh, so, okay. First guy goes down in, in quicksand, which is pretty horrific to watch. Yeah. Uh, the next guy gets thrown off a, 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 a 
a cliff, cliff because he has a boulder going after Mowgli. Then the next two guys, there's this one guy, Hawkins, who Wilkins, Wilkins, uh, Wilkins, who's like very jittery and nervous. Played and by Jason Fleming in his first film role. Jason Fleming from Snatch and I think some other. He's in a bunch of stuff. And he plays a very comedic role that I think is much needed in the the group of bad guys. And so he accidentally shoots one of the other guys in the leg, and then he gets mauled by Shere Khan. So he actually has kind of an intense death. And then the The guy guy who shoots. Yeah. Winds up being buried alive in Monkey City. We wind up seeing like a weird Indiana booby trap situation. Yeah. Indiana Jones, not the state of Indiana. Yes. Indiana, of course, known for its heavy booby traps, but we won't go into that right now. <laughs> so to circle back to King Louis, when um, Mowgli first enters Monkey City, he follows the monkeys, gets the bracelet, he goes down this well, he, and Mowgli doesn't even think about it, he just jumps to follow the monkey, and he goes into this water. And then we were wondering, can orangutan swim? Because he follows King Louis. Oh, did Louis. you look that I up? I looked it up. Good for you. So uh, (laughs) there's conflicting answers, of course, because it's the internet. But uh, one thing that comes up is two biologists reporting in the American Journal of Physical Anthropology say that they've documented for the first time the swimming and diving behavior in apes. Diving? Yeah. Cooper the chimp was raised by humans and had learned to swim. Then there's another one that says... (laughs) There's another one that says, For many years, zoos have used water moats to confine chimpanzees, gorillas, or orangutans. When apes ventured into deep water, they often drowned, which is really sad to think about that they that's just how go, they found nope, that out nope, nope, go back. yeah so some argued that this indicated a definitive difference between humans and apes <laughs> then they write people enjoy the water and are able to learn swim while apes prefer to stay on dry land i mean i think you kind of explained that in the last sentence i don't think you needed I to feel, write that yeah. um that's from science daily so then there's videos of apes swimming and orangutans can swim so i think they can swim i don't know if humans taught them how to swim or if they swim in the jungle in natural habitat. I mean, you don't see Louis uh, actually swimming. You just see he like jumps in a well and then Mowgli and falls. And he's in, in the water, water, I think, for a minute. Yeah. And he, then out of it. So that could have maybe not actually yeah. been the orangutan. But um, Have we talked about how this uh, movie explains the origins of the name King Louis? No, I guess we could get there. I was going to go into Ka and Ka's and kind of tell that okay. part of the story. And then do you want to tell King yeah. Louis' origin? Yeah. Um, the name. So, yeah, he's not referring to King Louis at this point. So he's he also can't talk at this point. Well, so just we'll just do it real quick. There's a scene later where he's with Kitty and they look at a picture of King Louis of France. And he's like, he's got a crown on because King Louis in this one is always wearing this crown, which looks fantastic. It's, it's great. a great addition to this character. Yeah. And he goes... And Mowgli goes, who's that? He goes, oh, that's King Louis. And he goes, I... I know who I, took his hat. I know who took tell his him, hat. Yeah, tell him I know who took his hat. And she kind of just like, yeah, okay. And so that's when he starts referring, referring to the monkey to him as King Yeah, Louis. he refers to him as King Louis when they've captured her and they're all back in there. But the first time he's in Monkey City... It's just... it's Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't talk. He's talking to them with animal sounds. And King Louis kind of like holds this court where all these other monkeys and King Louis look down. And like whenever there's a battle... Or a fight. They just kind of want to see, like, who's going to dominate. And It's, it's like when Jabba puts someone in the Rancor. Yes, it is like... very similar. So, because it is kind of entertainment for yeah. the monkeys. So, uh, all he wants back is the bracelet, and he gets distracted. Mowgli gets distracted and sees this jeweled... Um, knife. Knife. And so he sees it, and he pricks his finger. And so, again, it's him learning, oh, this is really sharp. Like, this can hurt me kind of a thing. Mm. 
And so he takes it, and then we see, we don't see Ka, but we see, like, movement in the coins. And it's it's a really great way that they, similar to in Pete's Dragon, where they make Pete feel big and feel like he's there when he's not, right? You you know what it looks like? It looks like in the best movie ever made, Tremors, when, uh, like, the dirt moves. Yes, yes, it is a similar... It's gold and riches, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it was... And then you see Ka... And it's a pretty intense fight. Like, Mowgli gets knocked into the water. He starts wrapping around him. And Nogli, Mowgli... Nogli. Uh, yeah, because I was going to say Mowgli knifes, and Nogli is what came out. I just like the idea of, like, if you're uh, you're either Team Mowgli or Team Nogli. Like, yeah, Boo. like, no. Uh, <laughs> I am Team Mowgli in this one. But um, Mowgli stabs him a couple times with the knife, and he kind of slinks off into the water. And Ka- so you're not really sure if he's yeah. alive or dead. Spoiler, he comes back. Ka not mentioned by name, and the only no. uh, fake animal. I mean, there's probably other scenes with some fake, but he's the only... There's but no, very clearly, he's, he's there's, fake. Yeah, yeah, there's no shot of a real snake in there. It's yeah. all puppets or CGI or something else. Mm-hmm. So the CGI... Pretty bad, but also it's kind also of dated when you think yeah. about it. So that's part of it. But um, so that's kind of what happens there. And then when they go back, um, again, and everyone else has been killed, and yes, Boone's the a- only one left. Again, King Louis is like holding this court, and they're seeing who's going to survive, and it's Mowgli against Boone, and Mowgli winds up getting Boone to where he could kill him and he throws the knife down yeah. because that's not Mowgli's nature. And he goes to Kitty because she had been knocked out when and she fell down the well. So he wanted to go to see if she was okay. And Boone gets, instead of like helping her or fighting back or whatever, he gets a backpack full of riches. Yes. And it's that, that very, I not iconic, but the stereotype of like, Oh my God, all these I don't riches. Need you, like, blah, blah, well, blah. and obsessed with yeah. gold, right? So many people have come to a demise in so many different kinds of treasure movies because they're obsessed with the gold yeah. or like Indiana Jones with, you know, which chalice to pick, throw right? Me, throw me the idol, I'll throw you the whip. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that kind of a thing. So he gets obsessed with that and Mowgli hears all the monkeys. The monkeys start going crazy again. And that's what they did. That's what they did when Ka came the first time, right? The monkeys they go crazy and then they get silent. And then they get yes. silent. So now, they go, that's what I'm talking about. They go about crazy this. because they alert Mowgli because yes. Kitty wants to take one thing. She just wants something of treasure. And he goes, nothing this good. comes of this treasure. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Or yeah. people She's die like, okay. from this treasure. And they leave. And then the monkeys are silent. And that's a really, like, powerful moment. And Well, that's what I'm talking about. About giving, you know, through editing, through the writing, through everything else. Giving these... Uh, voiceless animals like a very entertaining and narrative presence like yes they aren't just like oh there's it's a movie with a bunch of animals in the background like they without saying like i'm king louis or being able to talk or anything yeah like, and the same with Cobb because we saw the scene earlier yeah. we knew what was happening when they all got silent like that and essentially that's his demise is he has this backpack full of treasure on. He falls into the water. He sinks because he's weighted down. Can't get it off. And Ka gets him. That's one of the coolest death scenes because it's like he floats down and he can't get it off. And he starts looking around him and you see all these other skeletons that are like covered in jewels and yeah. stuff like they've like the same thing the has same happened mistake. to them. Yeah. yeah. And then it's Ka's really cheesy face and he's like, yeah, and bubbles come out. Um, but the other thing that I we have not mentioned who we absolutely loved was the doctor. 
Oh yeah, John Cleese is also in yeah, this movie. Yeah, and it's he's a pretty interesting cast yeah, for a forgotten movie. And he's a really great character, and we're kind of introduced to him in the beginning in the in the caravan in the the expedition. I just um, he but he when when the camp's being attacked by Shere Khan, he come before then he's walking around in like a like uh, nighting gown with the cap. Yeah, and then this this part's supposed to have some weight where he's like establishing that Mowgli's dad has died. But he's still. I'm like, take the director should be like, take off the cap because yeah. he's dressed like Scrooge being visited by the ghost, yeah. and he's like, looks up and he's like, shakes his head no, like real solemnly. It's like, but the tassel is it's still, still like, there. <laughs> but we're more introduced to him again when we see Kitty as older. She's with a bunch of women and they're doing a drawing class out in nature, and so he's walking them all around, and that's where she first meets Mowgli. She goes across the bridge that they say to beware, don't go across, because then you're in the jungle, essentially. Um, but he plays a really pivotal role, and I like his relationship with Kitty because when Kitty realizes it's Mowgli, she doesn't go to her father first. We find out she goes to the doctor first. Yes. Because then when she goes to her father, the doctor's there to kind of encourage her to be like... This is a scientific discovery. Yeah, like tell we him should... what we want to do yeah. and I'll be here. And the father, there's a lot of comedic bits here where the father's like, oh, so you thought of this spontaneously, did you? And she's like, yes, we did. And then they're saying the same thing at the same time. Like or they're like, we've established a place in the garden for him to stay. Yes, yeah. Like it's very much, you know, they're in cahoots about mm-hmm. it. Um, he, but he plays a fan. I think he plays a fantastic role, both comedic and otherwise. Like when they're teaching Mowgli and Mowgli does the shadow puppets and then when he they're does doing them. the slides and then like the roles reverse and Mowgli's teaching them. It, there's a lot of, of good bits with a doctor i think some of that had to be john cleese just kind of either writing something real quick or just kind yeah. of him coming up with it because i did like the bit where he's like he's pointing at pictures and going like boat and mowgli's like boat and he's like river river but he goes man woman woman one man two, two women. women lucky, lucky man, man. <laughs> it's so stupid. uh and then there's something about a boat where he's like oh that's not a boat that's, that's the queen, queen mary or whatever or queen Vic- I, whatever like it's, i think it was supposed to be the queen and that it like john cleese making fun of the royal family is a very monty python thing so i'm yeah. sure he kind of came up with that on the day uh but overall you know what i would say is I say go watch it. Like, if you're a fan of The Jungle Book, if you're a fan of Tarzan stories, if you like kind of the Indiana Jones, like, expedition type stuff, it has all of that in it. Uh, we we both really enjoyed it, and I would say, no, it's not a, like, must-watch, go out and see it immediately, but I think you will enjoy it if you like those things, if you like The Jungle Book. I think it has a lot, a lot going for it. It's definitely PG in a lot of areas, but I, I don't think it, it, it it's it's not like a hard PG, but I think you need kids need to be a little bit older before they watch it. Yeah, I mean there the, the some of the death scenes are a little intense and scary. I'm sure I saw it young, but um I cuz I don't remember when I saw it, but I I had moments of like flashbacks remember seeing it but. so another little piece of trivia i want to th- i want to throw in there when they're back in the monkey king the monkey city mm-hmm. and all those 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 fire effects go on apparently that was awful to film because it was ridiculously hot in india that day well and i was wondering if it all would light up the way well it was also it fire so it was apparently like 137 in there at some oh, points wow. when they're filming That's and they had awful. to like for the like, I think some of the ones. Well, and so- especially because they're out of the sun, so they would probably be excited that it would be cooler, and then it's not nope, cooler because not at all. yeah. The other thing I wrote here in my notes is that Boone has like a go away heat times ten. If you follow our villain rankings, yeah. he is 
He is awful. They, I, I love the way they wrote him because you needed that kind of a character in this film, and I like that it wasn't an animal that we were, yeah. we were disliking. That it was him, and I did really like that. Another uh, bit I wanted to. This sh- isn't a movie about subtlety, so yeah. I will say, like, I don't understand why Kitty liked him at all at any point, but that's... I don't. Yeah, I think she didn't know any better, right? And I think that's then she meets Mowgli, who's a completely different type of man right i think up to that point she probably was only around men like that so let's get a a a, a tara handsome ranking on jason scott lee running around with his abs and his his muscles out for most of the movie oh Mowgli. yeah yeah he was he was pretty fit uh i don't know like i wasn't like oh hey Mowgli, but like yeah he was very handsome he's easy on the eyes with his his abs but the other thing I would say too, uh, to totally change the subject, you kind of threw me off guard with that one. Sorry. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to share was at the end, the father comes back in to narrate. <laughs> and I was taking a drink <laughs> and Ryan. He goes, and that is the tale. And I go, of why I never see my daughter anymore. She lives in the jungle now <laughs> and I have to crawl through the foliage to find her. And Ryan does this whole bit and I had to run to the bathroom to spit it out because I was laughing so hard I could not actually swallow well, and I was afraid you, I was, was going to have a spit take. When you say that now, like, I don't think, like, no one listening to this is, like, clutching for their drink, but it just, it was just the perfect timing of... Yes, it was the timing of when somebody says something really funny when you've taken a drink and yes. that I think a lot of people can relate to. That's why I wanted to share it uh but overall yeah i really enjoyed it do we have anything else we want to cover on this we're done a little early not because we're done a little early that might feel like we didn't think it was a good movie but i definitely think no i mean we didn't cover it beat by beat there's a lot of things in it that like i really like that the doctor saves blue like i really you know oh yeah okay so for all you animal lovers out there there's a part where blue gets shot and you think and you think he's much like like the the disney version yeah and then the doctor comes to the rescue because Mowgli saves the doctor's life and he's like now i i need you to do me that's like an actual scene with a bear and john cleese and when he goes oh you're such a good patient yeah like yeah. rubs his head and i'm like like because there are parts where it's clear like this is 94 so like there's parts where the split screen technology is very obvious and they're not the but same then shot there's but there's other also ones parts where it's definitely a stunt person like when that bad guy gets attacked by shere khan that's, that's a someone human. wrestling that's, with that's yeah that's somebody doing some of that those scenes and then you have the actors with some of the animals Which some of the time is a much harder scene to watch after the summer of tiger king yes. <laughs> like it's hard yes. to watch that uh but yeah i do i like i said i love the doctor's role in this you know and i think dr by, plumford i think was his name i think by not covering it beat by beat um with a lot of these mini tales it also encourages you to go watch it because i you know what i mean i i kind of like that we're not doing the same exact format as we do for the regular episodes. Cause a lot of the regular episodes are nostalgic movies. Yeah. So they're movies that when we describe them, even if you haven't seen them in years, you can picture what we're talking about with these. Mm-hmm. I kind of want you as a listener to get excited for it and go watch it. And I think if you like this kind of like, I feel like there are a lot of nineties um, kind of action adventure Disney movies like we watched the Three Musketeers, which didn't hold up as well for me. Yeah. I I loved it growing up. Yeah, and but like this I, kind of if you have a nostalgia for that, I think you're going to enjoy this. And one. like I said, if you're into the Tarzan type stories, if you're into the Jungle Book, because there are a lot of similarities, even though there are differences as well, and yeah. kind of picking up on that, 
Uh, as well as I mentioned it earlier too, Indiana Jones, like having that expedition yes. type of a if, thing. If you like the mummy and you like kind of that nineties Disney nostalgia, I guarantee you, you're going to like yeah. this movie. Um, two things I wanted to bring up first, because talking about Tarzan, I'm really actually glad we watched this one before we did Tarzan, because I'm very interested to compare the two. Like like the story of Tarzan and just be like, how much did this movie derive from the story of Tarzan? Yes, and I want to do research on when Tarzan was written and things like yeah. that as Tarzan well. Tarzan was written, I believe, after the Tarzan the movie or Tarzan the No, 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 the no, book. no, the actual story. It's the early 1900s, so yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. why there might be some influences there yeah, yeah, yeah. in this film and... Then when they do the animated version, yeah, it'll be interesting to look up that research. The other thing I want to talk about is that shot we really, really enjoyed where there's this whole scene where the bad guys are dragging Kitty through the jungle and Mowgli has escaped, but he's like still kind of watching them. Kind and of it, like a Bagheera a little bit. Yeah. He has that feel of like he's watching them as they're making their way through the jungle. Are, are you talking about the elephant scene? Yeah, and he's, yes, on, an he's mm-hmm. on an elephant. He's like laying on his stomach. Lounging on the elephant. And just like eating a banana. And he's it's, it's showing all the bad guys like, oh, I hate the jungle Cutting and they're trying to, the, the and he's brush. just like do 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 and that was i think the most uh cartoony mowgli like scene of like and it's also he's listening so he can hear where they are because they're like huffing right. and puffing but i just mean more of like the whole thing of the cartoon is mowgli you know especially when he's with baloo and they're doing the bare necessities and he's it's just this relax he's relaxing going through the jungle it's not like he's like the jungle is harsh and dangerous and he's not like as stealth as yeah, this and, one is yeah so just watch for that shot and yeah it's a good one i i think we're good i think we I did think it so too we yeah fast. yeah like we said guys hbo max check it out worth a watch and uh thanks for uh, hanging with us yeah we'll see you soon thanks for listening to tara and ryan's princess diaries if you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Thank you.